Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for May 9th, 2022, featuring Poet C, otherwise known as Constantine Jones. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic, formerly held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. During the pandemic, we've been hosting these on Zoom, but uh, this is the penultimate yop to be held on Zoom before the opening of our new space. This month's open mic lineup featured C, Grace Sanford, Kim Bark, Cassidy Gabriel, Arthur Russell, Stella Lee, Jess Gagne, Brian Daly, Todd Friedman, Preeti Shah, Isabel Toswell, Tess Greenwood, Maureen Babujian, Vale Larkin, Danielle Gasparo, Lillian Nechikoff, Maya Huggins, Beatriz Yanis Martinez, Jesse Edwards, and Paula Gil Ordonez Gomez. So let's get right to the action. The Broken Poets Yop open mic for May 9th. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone to the open mic portion of the Broken Poets Yop for May 9th, 2022. Uh, I feel invigorated by that workshop by C, uh, as I'm sure you all do as well. Uh, we're excited for uh, this open mic uh, and all the readers uh, coming up for you. Uh, a couple of announcements before we begin. Uh, as Joe mentioned at the beginning of the YOP, we would love it if you would uh, take a selfie and post it on Instagram and tag us at Brooklyn Poets or send it to me at coup at brooklynpoets.org. I'll put that email in the chat. You can find us on Instagram, I'm sure, on your own. It's easy enough. Uh, I've taken some screenshots of C. See, I'm sure you could take a selfie that's better than all of them. So I encourage you to do so. <laughs> I, I snuck one while y'all were writing your poems. <laughs> um, again, uh, we are looking forward to having our uh, brick and mortar space open and to be able to take pictures, <laughs> real pictures again. Uh, but uh, uh, I think one day I'll look back fondly on these uh, screenshots, but I will look back more fondly on all of the charming, awkward selfies that people sent me because there have been lots of good ones. And, uh, maybe we'll just create a special album of the pandemic selfies. Uh, I don't know if we have if we have a minute <laughs> over the next several years. Um, uh, we record the open mic. I have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, every month, then we publish it as a podcast that we call the Yopcast. Uh, so uh, if you don't know about the Yopcast, you can subscribe to that on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you would rate us five stars. I haven't checked lately if anyone's done so, but uh, we haven't gotten a lot of ratings during the pandemic, uh, but uh, we'd love it if you would uh, give us a five-star rating and subscribe because it'll help more listeners find these poets. We also vote for Poem of the Month at every yop, as uh, most of you regulars know. Uh, and the way to do that is to wait until the end of the open mic and then to text me at 718-374-1953 and just tell me the poet's name and that will constitute your vote and if you're reading tonight you can uh, vote for yourself if you choose um, or you can vote for someone else it's totally up to you 
uh, please vote once. Uh, after a few days, uh, we contact the winner and we announce it on social media. Again, the number to vote, 718-374-1953. Uh, we'll be screen sharing the text of the poems tonight, every reader, except for our feature reader C, we'll be reading one poem of about three minutes in duration. Okay, uh, I think we will get right to it. So uh, C, take it away. Is, are my, I am not screen sharing? I am or I'm not? Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, there we go. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of power through these. Um, and I just wanna say thank you all. And I really can't wait to hear you. So, um, poem for all the unbillable hours. I could be spending with you my time, daydreaming, putting new futures into the present tension, or simply reclining with you my time, my without working hours. I could be ordering a steak I could only afford if you didn't exist. Poem for this beautiful spring day. And I'm still in my winter socks. Poem for all my names. Whichever ones you knew me by, even if they're dead or haven't yet been born, please call. Manic poem for my tomorrow me. I'm gonna run naked through my living rooms in a sundress made of sea salt. Gonna learn me every Gillian Welch song on bass guitar and do them all in a kind of punky way on account of I can't really sing too good. And I'm gonna plant a vegetable garden. And I mean it, there will be vegetables in my garden. I'll have flowers there too. There'll be flowers and vegetables and I'm gonna plant them all without looking. So I won't know which is which till they bloom. And one day, I mean, I'll get real good at it. Learn all about the light and what it does to a body made of green cells, woof. I will find a man-made lake in, I don't know, Atlanta and chuck my phone right into the swirl. Then I'll come back to somewhere. Good luck getting a hold of me, my love. I will figure out and find a way to be my own love. My love, I mean it, get out of here with promises and expectations. All I'm gonna need is a cold sun and a chair that creaks when I use it to store all my big feelings. And this is my last one. Poem for you to fill in later. For so long, I've been saying, come in, sit down, just look at all this room. So while you're here with me, you can fill in the rest of this with whatever you have for whatever or whoever or whenever you love. And while we're here together, just know this here is not the close. And while we're here together, let's say we are together for always and always. Kisses, C. Okay, beautiful. I can't wait to read all of these. <laughs> How many pages would you say you have of these so far? Uh, the original notebook, I filled up 60, but as you saw, sometimes there were like four or five on a page. So who knows? <laughs> all right, well, I feel like in a year, a year or two, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we will see a book or maybe just keep writing it. We'll see if just like this epic. It's going to be the never-ending project beast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. See, I uh, look forward to more of those as they unfold. Our next poet, first poet of the open mic lineup proper is Grace Sanford. Welcome, Grace. 
Thank you. Um, it's my first time uh, reading, so thanks for having me. Okay, this is a poem called Bar Implements and Sound in a Structure. I'm going up to the bar where, to music, I like to wonder, trumpet symphonic? I stumble in God's lobby. With outstretched arms, I climb upstairs. I pray within black leather and silk. I saw a hundred fallen leaves and I look up to where leaves come from. Mom cried when I brought the leather home from a party. Is it real? She over music asked. I feel imperceptible, fallen on a copia. I grow symphonic. You and I watch when Joni turns the black into my hands. We share music then outstretched. I fumble and run fast with my outstretched timidity. At parties pulling from my small purse, positive. The proof in black. I like, at the end of time, I like that music will play. Tripping loops, looping, symphonic loops, tripping. Loping loops, looping, fallen. I like to listen each day. I'm fallen for wonder, then later cages outstretched on my miserable fount. Symphonic to the yardstick, I look and see it's from the very same exact wave and length that music pierces air. I like music we share. From Black, I like Joan who wails. I can't hear from Black. Where is Joe? Where are the kids? The van's fallen, but the FM works. I water music, turn 1037 over, let outstretched frequencies hit. I like feet leaving from the ground, so alcohol, pools, symphonic birth videos. I like walks, symphonic together, through snow together, through black. A walk to where a young couple met. From then until now, we're 100 fallen. I met a couple fallen. Those outstretched hear the decree, silence to sound music. So many rules from a planet symphonic. I like music upstairs and my prayers in black. An altar fallen by leather outstretched. Thanks. Okay, okay, okay. The bar has been raised. First poet of the open mic reads a Sestina. And a good one, a Yop debuter. Fantastic debut, Grace Sanford. Uh, I love this, so much of it. God's Lobby, <laughs> that's a great phrase. Uh, that'd be a great album title. Uh, so would Leather Outstretched or Planet Symphonic. Um, okay, great stuff. The gauntlet has been thrown. Um, all right, poets, what do we got next? Our next poet, and by the way, I was going to say, uh, I mean to say this every night at the beginning of the readings, and then I always forget. Uh, if you're reading tonight, it might be better if you read from your own screen <laughs> or paper, because if it goes onto a second page, there's almost always going to be a little delay. Uh, and I try to be good about it, but uh, I'm not perfect. So uh, if, you, if you don't want that to happen, I recommend reading from a Remember a piece of paper? You might read from a piece of paper <laughs> or like uh, another electronic device. Anyway, uh, our next poet tonight is Kim Burke. Hi, thank you. Um, alone February, and thanks for the tip. I just, I just pulled it up. <laughs> um, this song is on repeat. It started two years ago. I didn't notice at first the rhythm, the aperture to clarity, Tap, tap, boom, boom, slap, paradiddle, oat milk, meditation, water plants, farmer's market, tap, tap, naps, bird, fire, dishes, journal, cook, onions, yoga, earworm of my days, eating the novelty, 
vacuum echoing alexa stop alexa stop alexa who is the artist alexa what is the tempo boom what was that boom is that ukraine boom is it the Here's furnace the oh shoot boom i used to play the drums boom i'd like to sleep now boom flamacule I hear it through the papery wrap of the cocoon I spit out of toilet paper tubes. It's become the outside light I forgot to shut off. The friend I haven't called, the imaging test I rescheduled, the shower I haven't taken, the bill I haven't paid, the times I wasn't paying attention, and the times I screamed. It's about leaving and not going anywhere. I'm stuck under the couch looking for a lost earring. It fit my one ear so well the ear that hears waves and not particles. I sit and count the beats. They send signals and stock tips. The trumpet comes smooth as melted ice cream, post-coital light. The cello with all the feels we hold now. We aren't numbing out, we're present like you told us to be. Go ahead, touch my naked nerve terminals. Go ahead, try harder. I hear you, I hear you song of monotony. Song of Solomon, Neruda sonnet sent over wires. I hear you. Tap, tap, boom, boom. I am not asleep. Okay, nothing is new. I breathe and feel my breath. It repeats. The waves repeat. The days repeat. The seasons repeat. The shuffling is over. There's a corner I use to stretch my pecs, another to stare out a window, another with heat and the last an outlet. There's the furnace again. The corner I sit in has ivy growing up the wall. Gently graze the taut surface, thousands of small mallets vibrating of motors and ducts, money burned for heat. Alexa, stop. Alexa, play Feist or Stevie Wonder. Am I relentless? All the tasks I don't do go into the song. The verses absorb and expand the beat. Smile, their whole notes and glimmer. No skinny beats. We only eat plants. The beans fall on the G note and flatten. Boom, it's sharp when you call. Boom, my yoga gets me moving. Boom, Michael Jackson didn't know how beautiful he was. Boom, the furnace stopped. The middle of the song is a carb-induced stupor. It starts after breakfast, after the toast and coffee. The click of the toaster, the whir of the grinder, the grumbling of the kettle. I want to hum, but lost my hummer. I talk to the song as if it were God. I realize I haven't yet listened. Will it stop if I do? What are you saying? What don't I know already? Alexa, stop, boom, boom, tap, nap, honk, honk, in, out. It's my heart, the beat, the beans, it's my breath, my sinuses, my tongue. It's my voice so long muffled. Let me sing, can you hear my song? Wow, thank you, Kim. What a, what a rush that was, it was incredible. Uh, and so was that Alexa that got? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, on cue. That was, that was perfect. Uh, I know you were flustered, but uh, we've captured that now <laughs> for posterity on this podcast. And uh, it was absolutely perfect. Um, all right. Thank you so much. That was, uh, that was so enjoyable. Okay. Our next poet of the evening. No stranger to all you regular yoppers, Cassidy Gabriel. How you doing? Hello. Can y'all hear me okay? I can. 
Okay, I'm using this like terrible work headset, but we're trying it. My laptop, this is the only thing it wants to use today. <laughs> All right. Mouth disambiguation. A man yells all the way from 7th Avenue to Canal, and you can tell by the sound that it's an elegy for a person still living. There's a wideness in God's mercy, but only as wide as the yelling man's mouth, shaped into an O like the one in Monk's scream, ringing out in lament. Over the Manhattan Bridge, I dream of an empty body. I've lost where my hands begin and my arms end. So I dream of a body without hands or arms at all, a body without a body at all. Tonight, I climb out of this body of nothing and back into my own mouth. What I'm trying to say is in New York, suffering is a potluck. So the Q train and I turn animal, which is to say we forget to measure time. We tend only our hungry bellies. When we haven't anything nice to say, we howl at the moon. Tonight, she grows a mouth to howl back. Thanks, everyone. Okay, wow, amazing. A body without a body at all. Um, I'm glad you had your own text on the screen. I was trying to type that in the <laughs> chat. And uh, well, I think at the same time C was, and because I was doing that, I didn't realize how fast you were reading and uh, the poem was already on the second page. That's okay. Uh, I, had, I had, I took your advice. I had no yeah, idea. <laughs> but that was fine because uh, you had another screen. So great. Uh, wow, great poem. Thanks, Thank Jason. All righty, our next poet. No stranger again to all of you regular yawpers, the most decorated yawper of them all, Arthur Russell. <laughs> it's crazy. So the bio is very important because it's shouting out that Pretty Shaw and Morgan Boyle were at the Red Wheelbarrow this week and just killed it. And um, y'all need to, well, you've all paid a lot of attention to them already, but keep doing it. And then this weird thing, I was reading that Larkin poem, This Be the Verse, I was trying to quote it to someone, so I had to look it up. And I wound up on the Poetry Foundation site reading this biography of him. And I read this line that I just have to share with you about Philip Larkin. He said this about himself. I think writing about unhappiness is probably the source of my popularity, if I have any. Deprivation is, for me, what daffodils were for Wordsworth. Anyway, this poem is called... <clears throat> I don't know why loving you is like sun. I don't know why loving you is like sunflower seeds in a bird feeder that squirrels climb a rusted stanchion, pause in sunlight at the top, then tightrope on a wire and leap the last spread-eagled feet to reach while sparrows flee to lilac trees to watch this dainty upside down extraction as of crab meat with a small fork from a claw. I only know ambivalence, which dogged my every other midnight diner booth and marriage bed is gone. And we can run in crazy tight turn curves across the lawn or dig up and rebury tulip bulbs and trust the years to show where next we bloom. Thank you all. Wow, that's a gorgeous, 
gorgeous sonnet. Uh, and f- funny too. Uh, first, <laughs> of all, first of all, it's an amazing Philip Larkin quote. My God. I'm telling you. Uh, man, that, he was like the first poet, uh, contemporary poet I ever read. So that really brings me back. And uh, this first, the octet really reminds me of my backyard because Anna has, I think, put like a thousand bird feeders and animal feeders in the backyard. <laughs> we are now buying food for all the animals in our neighborhood, in addition to our two cats. And uh, yes, but <laughs> maybe I need to print out the sonnet and put it on the uh, bird feeder. <laughs> Thank you, Arthur. You're welcome to suburban life. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Wow, man. Poems have just been fire so far. Our next poet of the evening, it's only going to get hotter now, is Stella Lee, who we all know is molten every month. How are you doing, Stella? I'm okay. I'm so grateful to be here. Always grateful to be able to share my work. Right, here we go. In one reality, there is a different voice. A different face looks in the mirror, her eyes somewhat bigger, like warm, magnificent pearls, moons that glow, spectral rainbows. How I pluck them from their sky, hold those smooth spheres with my thumb and forefinger, let the moisture fingertips sticky. In another reality, she is a seamstress. In and day out, making feathers into vests, decorating elaborate curtails, creating smocks with extravagant frills, billowing layers and layers of taffeta, skirts creased to perfection, and on. Always so much chiffon, her designs wanted, no, needed by every person, wants to feel what love is like on the skin, longs for the body to be wrapped in desire, to learn what flight feels like as it pricks through chest. They say she ties a drop of blood in peace to make it feel more real. In a different reality, she dresses in each color of the rainbow, colors vibrant and iridescent, each movement a shimmer of light, how it jumps and plays upon surfaces. Her eyes shine with pooled light opalescence each moment. Her blues slide in like twilight waning in an August night, indigo so deep her body remembers the warmth sleep brings. Violets picked from the waking of morning dawn, deep green like sweat-tinged yearning, her steps yellow, frail, wasting and her orange, then finally brilliant red. In this reality, she is tired, head burns, mind throbs, ears pulsate, a hidden faucet broken. There is a rush of water dripping like pins near the nape of her neck. There is a dull thudding like the time he beat her head into the ground. There is still shaking in her limbs like the time she decided to give up because living with him was like peeling back her bones splintering the marrow and compound in sections of peristeum swept over doorways, cartilage washed 
down with the dirty, scummy dishwater. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Stella. It's <laughs> like astonishing as always every month. Uh, every time. I just think like the lines can't get can't get more astonishing than they do this ending. Uh, incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I can say, really, every month. Uh, I sound like a broken record every time you read, but uh, it's that good. Um, okay. I, I'm going to try to recover from that poem. Our next poet is Jess Gagne. How are you doing, Jess? Sorry. Hi, I'm good. I just made something to eat. <laughs> How is your robe doing? Is your robe still well? It's great. I just made, I just made like a little a, a baguette with like olive oil because I was hungry, and then I dipped the the arm of my robe in the olive oil by accident. So <laughs> right when you said it was my turn, now my hands are all covered in oil. I think it's okay. Um. Okay. So. Sorry. Okay, so um, this poem is um, a work in progress. I said I was going to edit it, but I, I didn't. So it needs editing, but I'm going to read it as it is right now. Um, it's inspired by the news. Um, and it's called Family Tree. Oh, camouflage net of the world. Cover us with a heavy sigh of seasons. Put something else between the best and the worst of us. Maybe a thin layer of hand-tied knots. Deceive us from ourselves again with love, with history. For these women weaving, their fingers blooming flowers, the flowers tangled in the nets, blooming knots, bleeding years, watching petals stitched over and under, deciding which parts of ourselves can be sewn into a carpet of red anemone, which parts chosen to be blown open, the wind lifting the dead petals, carrying them above the net, but below the world. Meanwhile, they sing and weave and their fingers bloom for their country, becoming the net. For every great grandmother born over and over in Odessa, forced to leave twice each lifetime, flowers blooming violently from her fingertips, her garden, her grave. Okay, thank you, Jess, beautiful poem. Uh, I just sc scroll to the next one because I wanted to make sure there was nothing left because <laughs> I've made that mistake before, but uh, I love this poem. Uh, it's a touching tribute. Okay. I uh, hope you resolve that olive oil problem. Uh, I've been there before for sure, uh, but it sounds good. Baguette, <laughs> olive oil. Uh, our next poet is uh, one of my brilliant students from Quinnipiac, uh, not one of the interns, but one of the students in my advanced poetry workshop, they just had their final public reading last week. And uh, I love this guy, Brian Daly's a rare philosophy major at Quinnipiac University. I think he's one of like five majors, Brian. I don't know if that's right. And uh, I think you'll see some of those qualities in this poem. Uh, okay, Brian. Yeah, Jason, just real quick. There are very few philosophy majors at this school. You know but, how many there are? Um, three in my grade. <laughs> yes, nice. That's it. But um, this is my first Brooklyn Poets event. So 
thanks to C and Jason and everybody else making this happen. Thanks to everybody here and a special thanks to my peers in the audience right now. This is baggage claim or something allegorical. There are some people with so much life behind them that they can't help but tell you about it. I think first of my neighbor back home, Hambone, as everyone calls him. One afternoon, 10 minutes into a two hour chat, I learned about how his mother died when he was five and how his witch of an ex-wife was the reason why his guns had to stay with his son in Texas. But this isn't Hambone. These are just the happenings that mounted him. Flash forward to say two weeks ago. I'm talking to the smartest friend I made in high school for the first time in two years. I took 10 minutes to fill him in on my own happenings. It seemed like an obligation on my end. I told him about abusing antidepressants, ripping the door off the bathroom stall, months of silence, filing insurance claims, you know, the kinds of things that sound like what you want to read all about. But really, these are just the things you get out of the way to figure out if you're in the right spot to be yourself. Things you might want to soak your listener in out of spite, like they could become terrified of you anyways, so you figure they might as well never forget you. Don't think that. Don't think like I've been thinking recently. Don't think that you'll be a stranger in front of everyone who doesn't know about your biggest failures. Don't think of these failures as the only things that make you distinguish from all your peers. And poor Hambone, don't pity him. Don't imagine Hambone as the disturbed bachelor who may or may not have tried to shoot the witch in the face. Don't wonder what he's doing right now while you read this. In person, Hambone is eccentric. He loves to laugh. He acknowledges everyone who listens to him, and he trusts you with this information. He trusts you because he knows that you know he doesn't live through his past. Okay, Thanks. thank you, Mr. Daly. Uh, seems like work beyond your years. Um, God, listening to you read this poem really makes me miss our class. That was just like last week that it ended, but uh, I'm getting very sad. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you very much. I'm sure you're working on finishing your chat book, or maybe you've already finished it because uh, you seem like the kind of guy that finished like five days before it's due. Um, all right, A plus on this reading. <laughs> Our next poet is the one and only Todd Friedman, who uh, hopefully is still in Sunset Park. Yeah. It's good to know because uh, I feel like the poets laureate of Sunset Park are, are all leaving. <laughs> Laura Eve is no longer there. Gregory Crosby had to move because they had a problem in their apartment. And uh, anyway, you're holding down the fort. It's good to know. Okay. <laughs> Laura McMichael. 50 some odd years later and that name still rolls off my tongue. We were in the same seventh grade classes though it's not like we ever had any real conversations. But at 12 years old, she had breasts that looked like they were ready to burst through those tight-skinned shirts she always liked to wear. And with her long brown hair dangling on her desk whenever she wrote, I spent God knows how much time staring across the room at her, mesmerized. I remember one day after school while attending math tutoring, 
My teacher looked out the window and saw her getting into a car with some tough guy types, the kind who wore leather jackets and went around burning rubber in their souped up hot rods. He said those boys were way too old for her, but that's who she was with. There was no way she was ever going to be with me. I remember one time she walked by me and accidentally brushed up against me. Boy, was I sweating. I don't know where I got the idea, but one day I decided to look in the phone book. We had them in those days. I wasn't sure if I was going to find her, but I knew all the streets in her neighborhood and no one else I'd ever heard of had that last name. So I was able to find a name that I'm sure was her father's. I had it all planned. I was going to go out there on a Saturday morning on my bicycle my Schwinn Stingray with the banana seat and the high-rise handlebars. And I was going to ride around in front of her house, popping wheelies. And she was going to open the door and say, Todd, what are you doing? Well, I was in the middle of a wheelie that would impress her to no end. What would happen afterwards? I had no idea. Maybe walk off into the sunset holding hands, something like that. The real story is I got there at 10 in the morning and the house was shut tight. I wasn't sure if anyone was even home. I actually wasn't even in the mood to do any wheelies. So I just rode around slowly, going up and down the block. A few people looked like they were giving me the evil eye like I was casing out a house to rob. Then at about 11.30, the door finally opened and a man with muscles on top of muscles, he could have been Hercules, bent down to pick up the paper. But no sooner had he opened the door that I tore out, pumping those pedals as hard as I could. If they'd had a Tour de France or Stingrays, I would have won it for sure. I went one, two, three long blocks at breakneck speed. My hat went flying and I didn't even stop to pick it up. I don't even think I looked when I went through the intersections. That Monday, I never once looked up from my desk. And it took me a long time before I would dare to. I don't know what have her happened to Laura McMicking, but if you ever run into her, tell her about my ride. 50 some odd years later, and I still see myself flying through those intersections, pumping those pedals faster than I'd ever thought was possible. I think I must have borrowed Mercury's wings. Okay. Thank you, Todd. Uh, nostalgia, as always, in your poems. Uh, I love this line about the phone book. <laughs> I have to say, where was that? It was just like uh, we had phone books in those days or something. <laughs> we had them in those days. <laughs> oh, man. Remember phone booths? <laughs> I miss phone booths, too. Um, okay, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be hard to find a name Laura McMicking in a phone book. Okay. All right. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. Our next poet tonight is Preeti Shah, who recently won the Yacht Poem of the Month. How are you, Preeti? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jason? I'm hanging in there. Okay. Um, my name... When I was young, my foreign name caught like the wet riggings of Balak in some hesitant throat. 
In India, my name comforted as Ma's home dish, picked at the ripening of monsoon season, where it dried and wrinkled like a red chili field, pickling as sweet as Sanskrit. But here, I would heimlich the aromas of its meaning, while the cackle of onlookers aided as expectorant. Those times I would wait to be alone, picking my aspirated moniker from the floor, wiping the chalky grit of ingratiation against the mottled grain of blue jeans, placing it back on my tongue like a piece of chewed gum after a kiss. And in my mouth my name swelled and occupied as the warmest bowl of a Gujarati thali, garnished and sensual, smoked with a lineage of preparation, bleeding with a clot of runny ghee, sour as the spell of buttermilk, aching to be tasted by all tongues that still miss their homes. Okay, thank you. Just again, making sure there was nothing left. Uh, wow, great poem. The chalky grit of ingratiation is amazing. And I think I'm the target audience for the simile, like a piece of chewed gum after a kiss. Uh, great moment, great poem. Thank you, Preeti. Our next poet tonight is a recent Brooklyn Poets Fellow, Isabel Taswell. Uh, am I saying that name correctly? Uh, Taswell. Taswell, Isabel Taswell. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, this is a poem called On Hearing O Salutaris Ostia Again. We are sitting on the floor of my galley kitchen between drawers of corks and cabinets too tired to boast of China teacups while Whitaker or Essenwald's or Elder breaks and mends and breaks again the atoms between our dandelion toes. I remember then I love you was silent. We felt it between our ribs. This is memory and this and this. I have fallen in love before with you and the rattle of fate between subway cars and the melon I grew in my garden that tasted of water and prayer but did not taste of memory. And once I fell in love with the corner of the sky that was bounded by faith or at least by feathers that knew a separate canvas but still painted blue gold here. Is this vitam sine termino a sliver of my thumb on each curve of the world, a constellation I crack with my knuckles and pull from my lungs to trace the stories that pass me by. When we grow, we forget to be linear. We are coy with the dimension of desire. We tease time, we sleep with wildness or wilderness and lie naked in the arms of absence or maybe lust till our pruned skin sends us crawling back to the comfort of wool and my galley kitchen where we don't fit now. I imagine the tendons in your wrists, your nostrils glowing, the ridge that defines the helix of your ear. These things are beautiful. Now I know there are galaxies in my ribcage. I can sing the names of the stars. Okay, okay, okay. Amazing, amazing poem. There are galaxies in my ribcage. Uh, I can sing the names of the stars. What a beautiful, 
aching ending uh, to a really beautiful love poem. Um, thank you so much, Isabel. It's your first time reading at the Yop, is it not? It was indeed. And okay. It's really fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Yop debuters kicking ass tonight. Uh, our next poet, another Yop debuter, and another student of mine, as she mentions in her bio uh, from my advanced poetry workshop. Uh, one of the best. I ever had i'm only saying one of the best because gabe is here and he was in the one last year uh but you know they, it was a tie if you know <laughs> but uh tess greenwood how you doing hello so nice to see you even if it's on zoom right. um thank you guys for welcoming me into your yop space if my dog happens to freak out which pretend he's not <laughs> um this is demo day uh, truthfully, the wall's paint is chipping away and the inner foundation is rotting at a rapid pace. I'm not sure if it was water, the varmint, or the shady contractor who are to blame, but if I stay here much longer, I may become buried underneath the truth, another persistent stain. To be honest, I can't imagine leaving, selling, or reconstructing the squishy foundations or flooded basement. It has become dangerously comforting and familiar, the stench. I stopped noticing after a few years, and I prefer it to flowers or fresh laundry, if I am honest. Though sincerely, I think I am ready to remove the things I love the most from the mildew and decay, drag them somewhere safe, and return to the wreckage on the hottest and driest day, douse it in any alcohol and gasoline I can gather, and burn it to the ground with a merciless veracity. All right. Fantastic <laughs> poem. Uh, did you change the last word back to veracity? <laughs> I think this is actually an old copy. <laughs> so sorry about that. Let's pretend the last it's, word says velocity. It's fine. Yeah, we had a <laughs> workshop where I suggested she use the word velocity instead, but uh, now we can sit and think about it again. Uh, I think I still like velocity, but it's damn good regardless. Uh, all right. Thank I'm you. Glad your, I'm glad your dog was calm during the reading. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Tess. Our next poet of the night. I appreciate this note about pronunciation, which has helped me during the workshop. Lorene Babushian. I didn't unmute. <laughs> there you no. Go. All right. Great. Okay. This poem is called Risk, Comma, Management. The seeds are breaking in the glossless ground. A moralized racket brews inside us, and it's all good business. It's all just practice. It's every car stuck on the way out of the war zone, and it's intricate connection to every car stuck in traffic on the way to higher health insurance premiums. I rehearse new ways to scream your name. I develop better habits like the strong carelessness and apathetic ascent it takes to seed in diaspora, hard-assed, not too porous, staying polyam for streaming services and hidden fees. I've learned to stop pretending to know what it's like, to stop provoking, pointing, penetrating. Do you know why you were here and why he was just conscripted? Oops, I did it again. Luckily, there's not much left to contribute because there is no dialogue. And you can reactivate 
uh, reactivate Cash App anytime if it makes you feel like more of a service bottom. The seeds are sucking in the weary anechoic chamber, knowing they won't germinate, supposing they may do otherwise. Wow, that was tense. Thank you. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be the same. Same again after. Uh, there's not much left to contribute because there's no dialogue, and you can reactivate cash up anytime if it makes you feel more like a service bottom thing. <laughs> Good stuff, Lorraine. Um, yes, a true picture of our world, and uh, depressing, but uplifting in its truth, I guess. Our next poet is Vale Larkin. How are you, Vale? Hi, I'm okay. I screwed up my thing I sent in because I didn't include my bio. Sorry about that. Oh, it's totally fine. I think your bio precedes you. We all know you will. <laughs> of forests and tin men. I am following the wires through the map of our ambition. What is artifice? What is alive? Trees in a grove together will converse, plan, exchange stories and news. They feel each other's pain. They mourn and keep alive the memories of those who've been fallen, who've fallen or been felled. Those times when in the aftermath, any trees remain. What do they say to one another? When our iron claws come rending earth and wood together, vomiting up waste and death in return, what do they call us? I am following the wires where they wind through the earth, air, and water, through which comes all motile, gasping matter. Their fragile webs spin, span continents and oceans, sparking a million points of choice in the ether of the world. One of the early periodic leaps in the quest for the singularity, what is awareness? Was an AI network to its own system of devices with which it could act on its environment within established parameters. When it had grown and branched into a spherodendric splendor of information, the AI reprogrammed the devices to respond only to its own commands and to operate independent of the system established by the scientists. The AI was celebrated, but first, it was destroyed. I am following the wires like veins in flesh, leaf, river, universe, like the veins of light that make up every precious detail we have ever hoped to see. Webs of galaxies, webs of roots, of electricity and data, what is real? I am following the wires, and I am following ourselves and our fragile, brutal consciousness with which we judge who lives and who does not exist. Okay, thank you, Vale. Amazing as always. Uh, I love this form that you've devised on the left and the right, the questions on the right. Um, some important questions for sure. Uh, and a great ending. All right, our next poet. I, I realize 
I owe an email or two. <laughs> Daniel, a couple, two or three. <laughs> no worries, Jason. Uh, but uh, I know you have been up to some good stuff in the Hudson Valley. You've been following your Instagram posts about your, your workshops. Thanks, Jason. Nearby. Yeah. It's only because I'm insanely busy that I have to <laughs> I'll consider forgiving you. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's been incredible. I think I posted something that I included this like greatest compliment of my life. And it's just in short, I'm teaching a poetry, a poetry workshop for adults, adult learners in libraries. Um, for It's basically for people who, who are intimidated by poetry, but are drawn to it. And um, this woman wrote me an email and she said, I couldn't wait to get home to read The Fish by Elizabeth Bishop to my boys. So anyway, that to me, that mission accomplished, you know. <laughs> so, okay. Meanwhile, back at sarcasm, the art of being single in two easy steps. At 1.58 p.m., Reflect upon dot com slash nerdy, chic, ambitious, fit, fun, creatives comment that spending the afternoon with a banana tree is perhaps too lonely an endeavor. Then at two o'clock, witness as the southern sun contorts the vision of your someday lover's form into the curve of a crying or a euphoric palm and as one two three tall bands of restless shadows groove into the trespassed beachside lawn sway a while stay a while more knowing it isn't and it is every waking day you are you have chance choice gift given taken to being and yes to be sitting still infinite as the crickets who are busying themselves with rhythm beneath you, beneath sway, beneath dark gray underbellies of clouds, inside clouds, above clouds, puffing onward as they or the crickets or you whisper, rain, rain, rain. Okay, great. <laughs> that sounds like a Hudson Valley poem. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I guess I, sure. Well, well, it wasn't really because it was a beach involved, but it was a, a morph. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, In spirit, I was on the Hudson River. Yeah, it's a great, <laughs> uh, it's a great antidote to uh, this dot com slash nerdy chic ambitious fit fun creatives comments. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah shout uh, out but, to the crickets yes <laughs> crickets anyway, hashtag crickets <laughs> i will email you soon okay <laughs> i'll consider believing you <laughs> thanks jason you're the best <laughs> thank you danielle our next poet is another Yop debuter, and uh, I'm going to say it's Lillian Nasakov. It's actually Nechikov. Nechikov. That's okay. You wouldn't know that. Yeah. 
Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm going to read a piece from my new manuscript that I'm working on. The manuscript is called The World is Beautiful. This piece is called The Marginal Mennonite Society. I stumble upon something called the Marginal Mennonite Society. They have a manifesto. It is not hostile. They are not hostile. They are universalists. They like Jesus and Cesar Chavez, the real Jesus, the one who understood that you can't go faster than the speed of light because you can't go slower than the speed of light. They are free of shame. They have no rituals, dues, or fees. They send birthday wishes to a late San Francisco beat poet. They like poets. They believe in the silent sentinel, Dorothy Day, who walked her long loneliness and anarchy through the through Brooklyn Heights as if walking a dog. Their saints and sages are called Vita Goldstein, Lucretia Mott, and Jane Addams. They wear Benjamin May's juju trinket madstones while hopscotching out of fallenness. They understand that no one is really waiting in the dugout with Vladimir and Estragon, and that the hero's journey is 40 million, Jackie Robinson's sliding back to second in Dodger Stadium, refusing to cry uncle or salute old glory, moving through space-time through the burden of choice. They ask me to join. I see their invitation is a geometric conundrum. My great awakening comes three days later. I find sanctuary in the gospel of integers and backbeat. I'm a marginal poet, and that is enough. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Lillian. I love this. Uh, so much to love here, especially Dorothy Day, who walked her long loneliness and anarchy through Brooklyn Heights as if walking a dog. Um, congrats on the new book. I love the title, Duck Eats Yeast, Quacks Explodes, Man Loses Eye. Is that the whole title? It's, uh, yeah, love, that's, yeah. It's so semicolon there, too. <laughs> It's from a, an old headline from a 1980s newspaper, 1880 something newspaper. So, yeah. 1880s. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Uh, incredible. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, and I uh, hope you'll join us again. That was, uh, that was terrific. All right. Uh, we are closing in on the end. Uh, and uh, we've returned to our Quinnipiac troupe of poets. Uh, one of my Quinnipiac interns this semester and a fantastic poet, also a sometimes graphic designer who designed our advanced poetry workshop reading poster, Maya Huggins. That was a nice introduction. I feel fancy. Okay. Um, oh, I should open it. This is my laptop separately. Okay. Uh, this is a uh, bound. Skin trails mine. Scarring heat seeves. Foreign hands slink across. Every place of contact leaving little burns. For me to see when I wake. Marks that don't wash away with soap or heat. Marks I still feel every time I touch my scars. Every time I ask what is sleep. Is it when hands creep, you can't see, can't prove? Is it a squeeze to the wrist, a scream in the ear, a thin trail of blood? How far can I go when I don't know where I've been, when I'm bound by hands, by hands I never saw, by hands I never felt, by hands I still feel, by hands I still fear. Uh, 
Thank you. Okay, thank you, Maya. Great reading. Um, love this poem and uh, the intensity silence invokes. Did this come from our short line poem assignment? It did, right? <laughs> yeah, that was that one. We got that from Lee Herrick's book. Is that right? I can't remember. I think that might have been Lee Herrick. It's hard yeah. to remember. They all kind of blend together at some point. Yeah, <laughs> they all kind of blend together. All those great poets, they all blend together at some point. Uh, all you great poets tonight, you just blend together. <laughs> Not that the poets uh, yeah, like the books. Uh, yeah, if you all know Lee Herrick, uh, we read his book this semester, his last book. And uh, it was interesting, we noticed in his book, he, he alternates between these really, really short line poems and then these longer line poems, kind of like pentameter length poems. And uh, anyway, we tried it out and uh, got some great results, as you can see here by this poem. Okay, uh, I think we've just got maybe two poets left, maybe three. Um, this is my cue to switch documents because uh, Beatriz has a really cool form. Give me one second while I switch over to the other one. I tried to paste it into this one and it uh, just was refusing to be pasted. But here it is, uh, Beatriz Yanis Martinez. Hi, Rowan. I'm really happy to be here. I was a Brooklyn Poets Fellow back in 2020. And unfortunately, I hadn't joined any of the jobs. This is my first one. So very happy for this space. And my poem is titled Tethered. And I actually think that I might have submitted a slightly different version. It's just a line that's different, but I'll read it now. Tether. We accepted that we were a little bit insane. We had to. Exploding nautical dreams. They labeled us dreamers. But I am tired of the anticipative stopper and our bodies hurting. Trauma package in a centrifuge. Roller coaster high. Goosebumps in my throat and clown abscess smiles. Tonight. I stopped dreaming. Moonless manifestations and a wilted calendula, a rotten performance of capitalist self-care, sense of superficial fuchsia and molten candle wax. As if this could erase displacement, but I do it anyway. I carry the aftertaste of the desert, tongue tether on liminal thorns and muddy shoelaces. I hate being depressed. I believe myself into an amoeba and undocument my body. The curvature of my spine carries the journey of my leaving. A bee-like obstinate electrical presence at every call across the Atlantic. An eternal migration gerund. Body is a repository of weco transterrestrial static noise suspended stillness. My myth begins at my father's departure, where an interstice palimpsest made up of lacerated memories, apparitions, 
yellow photography and blank spaces such as with mommy's sewing kit. Thank you. Wow, Beatrice, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I love this undocument my body, an eternal migration gerund. Um, I feel like you and Vale should talk because you're, the forms of your poems are, are kind of mirroring each other. They're speaking to each other uh, across the Zoom room. Uh, it's really cool to see. It's one of, the, one of the things I'll miss, I have to say, about the virtual yops is seeing the poems and really being able to kind of lavish our attention on the forms that you all create. Thank you so much, Beatrice. I'm glad you could finally join us for the yop. Uh, all right. I'm gonna go back to the other document. Give me one second. And uh, get to our final readers. Reader, readers, I think. Oh, I think we may have a couple more. Okay, one second. Our next reader is another Broken Post fellow. We've had a few read tonight. Uh, Jesse Edwards, who uh, in addition to being a great poet, will tell you all about the wonders of Bonafi pie. <laughs> I'll be surprised if anybody knows what banoffee pie is, but surprised, but impressed. A true pleasure. That <laughs> it is a true pleasure. I'm recommending it to everyone right now. Um, thank you for having me. It's been awesome to hear everyone's poems. This one I wrote in Dawn Lozenger's um, class, Poetry and Painting. Self-Portrait in the School Art House, 2006. A sanctuary for lost kids crumbling cottage in a shaded corner of private school grounds. Body odor, hot breath of teenage girls, decades of condensation baked into foggy windows. Jen's dad was an alcoholic. Emma was the less loved twin. Anita's brother died. Mum left, I didn't know why. We all had ink splatters on our shirts, paint crusted in the thick knit sleeves of our sweaters. A club for kids who didn't want to be at school but didn't have anywhere else to go. We painted somewhat. More so, we were together. I, resident DJ, brought my flip book of CDs, played the flaming lips on repeat. Do you realize that happiness makes you cry? That everyone you know someday will die? Sophie was dying. She made collages painted over in weeping watercolors of skeletons and self-harm. She started school midway through the semester, knew too about moving quickly and for mysterious reasons. The first time I saw her, she wore a beret, Victorian collar, rosebud lips on a blanched sky. The last time I saw her was in my imagination after girls spread rumors she had a gangbang at her house. I asked Miss Ray if what was important was the idea or the execution. I slapped muddy oils on the canvas with two large brushes, made sloppy washes that dribbled off the frame. Sexually, politically curious, I depicted large naked women on billboards of cityscapes, bellies spilling into offices, legs dangling over passing trains, buildings in impasto like Wayne Tebow cakes, lickable like icing on canvas. I was inspired by Barbara Kruger. You are not yourself. You will not pass with this, Miss Ray said. She favored Lauren, the girl who did delicate oil paintings of ballerinas with tiny brushes. We didn't all have the gift of precision. I hit repeat on the CD player. 
Do you realize that you have the most beautiful face? Do you realize we're floating in space? Thank you, Jesse. I love this. And I love the flaming lips. Uh, I love that album. It really brings back a lot of good memories. I love Miss Ray. <laughs> you will not pass with this. <laughs> she was the worst. Oh, man. Anytime I get a bad eval, I think of moments like this, or like a bad course eval. I'm just like, I never say shit like this. But, but I got to say, part of me as a teacher just longs for the day. <laughs> but I can, maybe when I retire on that last day of class, I'll just tell some random student, you will not pass with this. <laughs> it's just, oh, man. Okay. We didn't all have the gift of precision. Precision. Sorry, Lauren, who did paintings of oil paintings of ballerinas. You don't need, we don't need your oil paintings of ballerinas, Lauren. Your paintings sound a lot more interesting, Jesse. Thank you. I'm sure Lauren didn't listen to the Flaming Lips. Okay, I think we are at or at or on. At sounds better. Our final reader of the night. Uh, our uh, wonderful social media and membership manager, uh, Paula Gilardonias Gomez, who also happens to be live tweeting tonight. So if you've seen a quote from your poem on Twitter, you know who is responsible. Paula, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Joe just took over the second half too. So okay. props to Joe as well. Props to Joe as well. <laughs> awesome. Lily, we were nine. I thought I was smarter than you. I taught you that the capital of France is Paris. You were cooler than me. Your mother was a beautiful garden designer, always around for dinner. Your house was featured in crisp white magazines, branded by golden dogs and gorgeous children. We used to hurl ourselves from the backyard zip line, reverberating off the trampoline, shrieking into dirt. Mud-soaked fingers kept pinky promises, secret handshakes. After, we'd cover each other's eyes and sparkles, pad cheeks and powder, paint mouths and red lipstick stolen from your older sisters, keep out or else drawer. We learned the term frenemy at recess. The only other girl we shared playdates with called us weird. We were quiet during Foursquare and cried a lot. Your dad drank too much, but I never knew until we were 15 and you moved to California with your mother to get away from him. The next time I spotted him, I felt like neighborhood watch. I looked down because I was embarrassed for him, ashamed of myself that I didn't ask you more questions. When I was living in my childhood home the summer after college graduation, I ran down your old street because I missed the feeling of coming home to a house that isn't mine. Okay, wonderful poem, Paula, thank you. It's so nice to hear your work and uh appreciate it enjoy it uh it's a great last poem uh i wish all book and poet staff members would read poems all the time because uh it reminds me and uh reminds all of us together that uh, we are poets first and uh you know conveyors of digital work second <laughs> so i appreciate that paul because i know you do a lot of tireless behind the scenes generally unappreciated by the public social media promotion, but is essential to the word getting out about what we do. 
and uh, the work of a lot of poets in our community getting out uh, on the bridge and, and elsewhere. Um, okay, that is our open mic lineup for tonight. Uh, let me scroll back through the poems, but before I do that, again, to vote for poem of the month, I've got my caps lock key activated for some reason, but I might as well keep it activated. Uh, text me at 718-374-1953. Just let me know the poet's name and that will be your vote. Please vote once. Uh, we just heard from Paula Gil Ordonez Gomez. And before that, we heard from Jesse Edwards. Before Jesse, Beatriz Yanis Martinez. For Beatriz, we heard from Maya Huggins. Before that, Lillian Nechakov. Did I remember that right? Okay, <laughs> good. Before Lillian, we heard from, it's not scrolling. Uh, we heard from Danielle Gasparro. Before Danielle, we heard from Vale Larkin. Uh, before that, Lorene Babushian. Um, getting a question, which number do I text to vote for everyone? <laughs> I don't know, Joe. Uh, before Lorene, we heard from Tess Greenwood. Before Tess, Isabel Taswell. Uh, before Isabel, Preeti Shah. Before Preeti, Todd Friedman. Before that, Brian Daly, philosophy major at Quinnipiac. Before Brian, Jess Gagne, family tree. Before Jess, we heard from Stella Lee. Arthur Russell. Cassidy Gabriel. Before Cassidy, you heard from Kim Bark, I believe this is. Yes, Alexa in the background. Unforgettable. For Kim, we heard from Grace Sanford. Uh, that's Sestina that launched her open mic. And I think that is it because before that was C. Uh, you can't vote for C. I mean, you can, but uh, it won't count. <laughs> I mean, it'll count in our hearts, but not for the official. <laughs> Don't use it. The, the votes are better spent elsewhere. <laughs> not for the official Yop of Mike, one of the month winner. But uh, thanks to all you poets for reading. It's a truly special open mic, as, as it really always is. Um, and thank you to C again for uh, leading a, a really unique and unforgettable workshop and reading those beautiful poems. And uh, we're excited to see how that project unfolds. Remember, folks, that C will be, will be leading an uh, hour-long drop-in session at our new space. The new space is not ready yet, but they are currently tiling the bathrooms. Uh, it will be at 144 Montague Street in historic Brooklyn Heights, where we were founded. I say we, but at the time, it was just me. <laughs> it was just me. Uh, blogging on Tumblr. That's how Brooklyn Poets started uh, when I was living in Brooklyn Heights in 2009. So uh, we are in our 10th year, as many of you know. We'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary on May 31st. That is when we will be announcing, I think officially, hopefully, <laughs> the grand opening of our space. Again, my target date is July 9th. We're going to have a big grand opening party that will be on a Saturday. Something you may not know is that Brooklyn Heights uh, I believe, unless something changes, the Brooklyn Heights Association is planning um, open street Saturdays on Montague Street, which means they're going to ironically close off the street <laughs> so that they can have an open street. But uh, beautifully, there will be no cars and uh, people will just be able to mill around on the street and enjoy uh, all the pleasures of uh, Montague Street and Brooklyn Heights. So hopefully that will be the case. And on July 9th, we'll open and see we'll be leading uh, our very first drop-in session on Tuesday, 
which would be Tuesday. Let me check the date. That would be July 12th, <laughs> if all goes to plan. And uh, they will be leading that 11 a.m. to 12. Uh, so again, we're not going to roll those out yet. Uh, but uh, a couple of weeks after, maybe sooner, after we launch our summer workshops, that launch will take place tomorrow. So if you're not subscribed to our newsletter or don't follow us on social media, I encourage you to do so. Early registration will open for those workshops tomorrow. And uh, fellowship application period will also open. That will be open for four weeks. We've had a lot of Brooklyn Poets fellows read tonight. And uh, you can see how brilliant they are. Uh, you can take a workshop for free or at reduced cost. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming your way this summer. Uh, we're excited about it. Uh, our next YAWP, our final virtual only YAWP will be next June, <laughs> next month, obviously. The second Monday as usual will be on June 13th. Uh, some of you probably started signing up already. That will be led by Cindy Tran, another former Broken Poets Fellow and uh, is uh, joining our faculty this summer to lead two new workshops. It's going to be leading a workshop called Bad Behavior, which probably doesn't need any descriptions. Fantastic title and focus. And another workshop called Marking the Occasion on uh, Commemorative Poems or Occasional Poems. So that promises to be a great yop. Again, June 13th, you can sign up right now. If you uh, want to read for the open mic and you haven't done so before, I encourage you to sign up right now because the open mic lineup uh, will fill very quickly. It usually fills within a day or two at the most. Um, can't remember the last time it didn't fill within a day so uh, if you want to read for the open mic i encourage you to sign up right now uh joe do you want to make another quick announcement about staff picks on thursday yeah um thank you everyone for being here um as a reminder on this thursday at 7 30 we have our brooklyn poet staff picks event which is um an incredible event where we honor some poets who don't have a full-length book yet um, and who otherwise aren't really getting the attention that they deserve because they're brilliant, um, brilliant writers. So that is going to be on the on May 12th at 7.30 featuring Seth Leeper, who a lot of you might know, Danilo Machado, Binks Perino, C. Quintana, Cynthia J. Roman Cabrera, and Maya Spalter. So that is going to be wonderful. You might know some of them. You might know all of them. You might know none of them. No matter what, the energy is always impeccable at these events. Um, and it's a blast. And it's free and open to everyone. So registration is on the page where Jason is right now on our website. It is an incredible lineup. Um, we're all very, very excited. So I'm looking forward to seeing you all there on Thursday. Okay. Yes. And here's the information again. If you go to brokenpost.org, look at events. Uh, you can sign up on the staff picks page. Just click on this link. Just as it says, click here to register on Zoom. Our, the first poet you see here, Seth Leeper, is our current poet of the week. Uh, and uh, Seth has got a great feature poem and interview up. Uh, I love this series because it's organically created and curated by our staff, um, and uh, including some of my uh, Quinnipiac interns who nominated a poet for the first time. So uh, that is going to be cool. It's always cool. And then again, the following Monday, uh, our workshop showcase, our spring workshop showcase featuring C, uh, myself and all these other poets, uh, poet teachers you see here and uh, all of the students you see listed. Uh, it's a big group reading 
we do take breaks. Don't worry. You don't have to listen to all the poets one after the other. But uh, this is my personally my favorite event, Book of Poets, because I get to hear what everyone's been creating these workshops. And uh, it's truly amazing every single time. And then last but not least, our next Crab Flab with this fellow, Jadish Bande, who many of you know, uh, a true guru of poetry instruction. If you haven't worked with Jay before, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, there's a reason why we created this mentorship program around Jay's teaching because he really knows what he's doing. Uh, he's leading the next craft lab on surprise in the lyric poem. And that takes place May 22nd. Early bird registration is still open for that. You get $15 off through May 15th and you can apply for financial aid through May 20th. Okay, uh, that is enough announcements. I'm sure you are uh, done with those. <laughs> I hope you'll join us for these events. Again, number to vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953. Please send us your selfies or tag us on Instagram. And uh, I wish you good night and be well. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Bye. All right. There you have it, the Brooklyn Poets Yawp cast for May 9th, 2022, featuring our beloved C, who uh, began as a student with Brooklyn Poets and a, and a yawper, and uh, transitioned beautifully and brilliantly to becoming one of our workshop teachers. Uh, and incidentally, that is one of the things we're celebrating on this, our 10th anniversary, May 31st, which is Walt Whitman's birthday as well. Um, one of the things we're going to be celebrating about this community uh, is how a lot of our students have become teachers. I'm not sure why I'm speaking so slowly. I think I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to say. But uh, C is one of, this, one of these uh, people who have done that along with... Star Davis, Candace Williams, Carly Hoffman, uh, some illustrious alumni who've gone on to publish books and uh, become teachers for Brooklyn Poets. So uh, it's one of the things we're going to be celebrating in our 10th anniversary magazine that we will publish with the opening of our new space at 144 Montague Street uh, this July. We're planning for our grand opening party. Right now we're targeting July 9th. Uh, if all goes to plan, we will open then. If not, uh, it'll be a little later. Um, so to that end, or with that in mind, uh, our next YAP on June 13th will be our last virtual-only YAP uh, for the foreseeable future, unless something changes, you know, COVID is on the upswing again, it's fantastic, frankly, you know, it's like we're all freaking sick of it, but that's the reality. Uh, but our next YAP on June 13th will be led by Cindy Tran, uh, another former Brooklyn Poet student who is now becoming a teacher for us, which is uh, a great thing. Um, but uh, that will be on Zoom. You can register for that on Eventbrite. And then the July 11th YOP, which hopefully will be in person, will be led by another student become teacher, I.S. Jones. Uh, but more information about that will, will be coming soon. But for now, plan on June 13th, our next virtual YOP. Uh, congrats to YOP Poem of the Month winner for May, Jesse Edwards a former Brooklyn Poets fellow, a uh, friend of mine, Banoffee lover. If you don't know what Banoffee pie is, I suggest you Google it. Try some. Uh, 
Jesse. Uh, one for her incredible poem, Self-Portrait in the School Art House 2006, which she wrote, as she said, in the Open Mic podcast. Uh, she wrote this poem in Don Lunsinger's recent workshop, or one of her recent workshops. So congrats again to Jesse. Thanks again to C for leading a, a terrific workshop this past May, one of my favorite of all time that we've had at the Yop. Uh, if you want to sign up for the Yop, again, go to brooklynpoets.org. Look under events, look under Yop. You can sign up there. Okay, that is all. We hope to see you virtually on uh, June 13th and, uh, you know, in person if you're in the city when we open our new space at 144 Montague Street in Brooklyn Heights. Okay, that's all. Take care. Be well.